Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to episode 103, The Mystery of Blood and Water. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Hello, welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast, the show that tells you the things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. I'm Scott Mitchell here with... And I'm John Potts. John, are you ready to take a red pill today? I am. <laughs> I need yeah. to start letting you say that. You know, it used to be a, a, um, Zena would say, are you ready yeah, to I take the red of the pill? Intro. You do. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to officially give you that right now. <laughs> I got to practice it then. <laughs> That's right. Well, no worries. We'll get you, we'll get you lined out on that. And um, well, welcome back, folks. We are um, going to have an episode here in just a moment, but we're going to start off with a little housekeeping today because John, guess what? We've got contest winners. I like it. Yeah, those of you that submitted uh, reviews and uh, or left uh, vocal reviews on SpeakPipe, uh, we got them. So we're going to be announcing some winners today, and we're going to start off with, um, I will play, um, this is from Michael Dunn. So Michael, you're a winner of our year subscription to Bible Mysteries podcast, and uh, I'll play this right now, but we're going to put the better audio in, into the into the profile, okay. so just so you and I can hear it. Hello, Scott Mitchell. This is Michael Dunn. I just wanted to say congratulations on the anniversary of all the messages, and I also wanted to say blessings to you tonight, and God bless Bible Mysteries in YouTubeNow.com. God bless you. And thank you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and thank you, Michael, for that. Uh, so, uh, Michael Dunn, we've we've got your email. We'll be sending you um, uh, the information on on the subscribing. But just a, it was such a sweet. It, it, yeah. it was not even so much a review as almost like a prayer of blessing. Yeah, you heartfelt, know? very heartfelt, Michael. and we appreciate it so much, Michael. So you'll be looking for an email from us. Next up, we've got Frank Reed. Frank also left us a vocal message on SpeakPipe, and here's Frank's review. Hey, Pastor Scott. My name is Frank Reed, and I want to be considered the 13th disciple because I've been listening to you since uh, you started right after you had a podcast on Coast to Coast. Sorry, interview on Coast to Coast back in late 2000. I started listening to your early 2001. Anyway, I want to become a premium member. I'm not really sure how I need to do it. I love listening to you. Hope to meet you one day, but... Please uh, let me know how I can become a premium member. Thank you very much, and God bless you. Well, I think you got it done, right? I think you did it, Frank. Uh, You weren't sure how to do it, and uh, fortunately for you, you left us a nice little message there in review. So you can also be looking for um, uh, an email from us shortly to let you know that you've won that one-year subscription to Bible Mysteries Podcast. So thank you, Frank Reed, for listening as well. And then the next winner is uh, Nick Mead, I hope I'm saying the last name right. It looks like the same as Reed almost, but and uh, Nick was kind enough to reach out because he tried to leave a, a review in Spotify, but Spotify doesn't let you do that, and we didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> so he, I, I reached out to him, and he wrote me back. And uh, if you want to read that, I'll just let you sure. read his review. Okay. <clears throat> so Nick Mead writes: Pastor Scott is opening eyes and allowing people to be taught the Word of God in a new and fascinating way. With every episode, I'm learning new ideas, and it's driving me to pray and ask for the veil to be lifted from my own eyes so that I can notice aspects of the Bible that I wouldn't have to have thought twice about previously. 
Finding Bible Mysteries was a pure accident, and I couldn't be happier. Amen. If you've read this entire message, thank you, and I appreciate it. Now, strap on the armor of God and continue to do the Lord's work. That's a great review. I love that. <laughs> that Amen cool. to that. And Nick Mead, you too are going to be one of our winners, and you can look for I should have made that larger. I apologize that I could have made that a little bigger for you to that's read right. there, John. But Nick, be looking for an email from us soon. And so that's uh, the first three winners. We've got seven more because we were offering 10 memberships. Okay. Now, the rest of these all came from Apple's podcast app. So we're going to be reading these, and we'll alternate between each other, John. But what we need you to know is I want you to listen for your review. Uh, we don't have your – Apple's privacy policy didn't allow us to reply or see emails from okay. the people that left these reviews. So we want you to listen, and when you hear this and you go, hey, that was my review – you call us and claim your prize. You're not actually going to call anybody. Just write us at unlockthebiblenow at gmail.com and let us know, hey, I'm this person that wrote that review. And we'll know. We'll be able to match them up. So uh, the first one is from JL Jackson 30 That's the handle they use when they leave the mm-hmm. review. And their review says, Scott is giving some solid food to chew on, and I love it. Officially binged all episodes, and I will circle back. People think the Bible is boring, but it has so many incredible mysteries, and Scott talks about it all. Grateful to have found this podcast. Keep it good. I subscribed as well. Thank you. So uh, if it turns out that this person, uh, J.L. Jackson, 30, had already purchased a membership, uh, let let me know when you write, and we'll make this like uh, you can either gift it to a friend yeah. or we can save it for the next year, yeah. either one. All right? John, why don't you read the next one? Okay, for this one's from J.K. Tuck 00. Uh, first of all, I love the title, Mind Blown. I have learned a ton. This content has allowed me to see that all things are tied together and a God is in control. It gives me peace that is beyond understanding. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Well, thank you for the review. And J.K. Tuck 00, reach out to us at unlockthebiblenow at gmail.com to claim your subscription. Uh, this one was just straightforward. It says, excellent podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's by So Dawn Co. And I'll spell it S-O Dawn, D-A-W-N, and then K-O. So I don't know if that's like Southern Dawn Knockout or what. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, So Dawn Co. wrote, feels like I'm at Bible study discussing all sorts of interesting topics and always learning something. Great job, guys. Awesome. So good. She acknowledges you too. And so thank you for that, So Dawn Co. Go ahead and write us to at unlockthebiblenow at gmail.com. John? All right. So this one is from Hey Hate Tune In. H A Y T Tune In. Yeah, it okay. looks like Hate Tune In. Hey Tune In. <laughs> okay. Incredibly instructive concerning the current events of today and end time prophecy. Interviewed by J. George Nori on Coast to Coast AM, a wealth of scriptural information that will open your eyes and change your life. Wow. It's a great, great review. I appreciate that review. Hey, tune in. And uh, your your title for your review was Insightful Red Pilled Podcast. So we look forward to hearing from you too. Congratulations on winning uh, the subscription. And then here's one from Carol G in Hallettsville. All right. And she titles it Eye Opening. I first learned of Scott Mitchell when I saw him with Ryan Peterson on YouTube. I was intrigued when I found out that he was ministering in Seguin, Texas, so I did a little research and realized that this is someone who teaches the Bible as it needs to be heard, especially as we approach the final days. Great review. She actually did a little research, so thank you for the research, Carol G. and Hallettsville, and please... Uh, thank you for the review, and please do write us at Unlock the Bible Now at Gmail. Ryan Peterson got a plug in there, too. Get a plug for my brother, Ryan. By the way, I was on Ryan's show this past week, Thursday Night Theology oh, yeah? again, and Very we cool. had a blast. I love his group, his audience, and, of course, I love Ryan and the Lord, so I can't wait to see him again in person. He's got a couple great books. Too. Yeah, absolutely. So, the next one is Radio Bill Clarion. Scott, thanks for helping me discern God's truth through through Bible Mysteries podcast. I've just found you in the middle of the night listening to Coast to Coast. I woke from a deep sleep and was wide awake, frustrated that I was awake. I turned on the radio and there you were, <laughs> right in my bedroom. Anyway, <laughs> really enjoying the podcast and excited to listen to all 100 shows. Thanks and GB from Clarion, Pennsylvania. 
Yeah. Well, listen, GB, we appreciate it. And yeah, so he, he meant that uh, he was he had my, heard my voice right there in the, in the bedroom while he was <laughs> unable to sleep. That took so, me aback. I read that. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I promise I didn't pop up in his room. And it, I was not the guy that woke him up from sleep. So, um, but Bill, thank you for that review and just so much appreciate it. Please uh, reach out to us and come claim that uh, one year subscription. And then I think this is uh, the last one, and this is from Stacy S D. And Stacy is with an I, and I don't know if that's South Dakota. South or, Dakota, yeah, but it looks like it could be. She writes awesome content. Love this podcast. I've been studying this sort of content for forty-two years, so she knows wow. a thing or two. Yeah. It is awesome to be able to listen and learn from biblically based, refreshing, and up-to-date content here. Scott, you do an excellent job of explaining things in a way that helps us understand and showing the relevance of what is going on in the world today with Scripture. Thank you for what you do. I forgot how I found you, but I went back and listened to every episode. Wow. And currently can't wait for the next one as I'm all caught up, hungry for more. Wow. So, wow. Thank you, uh, Stacy SD. Please reach out to us. Thank you all for the reviews uh, from top to bottom, You, the 10 winners. And uh, if we don't hear from any of you, we're going to make an attempt to remind you if uh, in some time passes and we don't hear from you, we'll, we'll remind you of the review. But hopefully you'll reach out this week. Unlock the Bible now at gmail.com. And I'll get my producer, Sandy, on it, make sure that they get hooked up with their subscription. I love the people that say they've listened to every episode. I do, I mean, too. That's awesome. That is an honoring thing for me. And uh, I, I'll tell you, it, it kind of it makes me honored that anybody would even want to listen to anything I have to say. But I think it's because it's just the Word of God. It's yeah. so, so relevant and so wonderful. So let's get on to the title of today's episode. We're going to call this The Mystery of Blood and Water, John. Okay. Um, this episode was inspired by um, a, an email I got from a dear sister in Christ. Actually, I know her. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Adela who wrote me. And she was asking this question about the water in 1 John 5. So let's okay. turn to 1 John 5. Uh, we're going to read it in just a moment. But in the email, uh, she mentions there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit and the water and the blood. What water? What does this refer to? Does it refer to verse 6? And so thank you, Adela, for a great question. Uh, it, I thought it was going to be just an easy answer. I was going to write her back, oh, yeah, it's this, this, and this. And then the more I dug into it, I was like, whoa, the Lord started to blow my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and so once again, that we dig a little deeper and we find spiritual truth. So let's go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 6, to read the context of Adela's question. Verse 6 says, This is he that came by water. The reference is to Jesus Christ being the Son of God. This is he that came by water. Uh, uh, and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. So the question was in relation to verse 8, these three agree in one, the Spirit the water, and the blood, what water is it referring to? Is it referring to verse 6? And the answer is yes. Uh, he is referring to verse 6 because it says this is he, Christ, that came by water and blood. So I think traditionally, John, a lot of... Um, I'm going to move my microphone because I know I'm going to be talking away from it when I'm looking at you. <laughs> I have to be conscious of that. Um, I think traditionally a lot of the Christian world would see this as water baptism. Yeah. You would probably agree that yeah. they see, yeah, he, and maybe they're referring to Christ's baptism by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they're referring to you know, that moment when the Spirit descended like a dove, and those are the things that gave witness. And then, of course, his mm -hmm. blood would have to be his death when he shed his blood at Calvary's cross. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I see a different perspective on this than the, the water being um, the baptism. And there's, I'm going to explain that in, in, in this episode, but we're going to start by using a reference point of John chapter 3. Okay. So let's turn to the Gospel of John chapter 3. And uh, while this seems like it's not necessarily a controversial subject, it actually is. Um, because I'm not so sure that um, people realize the significance of Jesus Christ being born a man. 
Interesting. Okay. He's the eternal son of God. Yeah. He's the creator of all things. He and the father, the, you know, the three that bear record in heaven is the father, the word and the Holy ghost, which is mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is the word of God, according to John one. And so it, it's clear that Christ existed eternally with the father. Yes. His incarnation into humanity occurred at a point in time, stepping out of eternity, coming to the world in A.D. whatever, when he was born, and then dying at the age of 33. But think about it. God decided before the foundation of the world that he was going to create man, and man was going to fall and rebel, and he was going to need to offer a plan of redemption. So he could have chosen any way in the world that he wanted to redeem mankind. And God could have done it however he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Why be incarnated? Why become flesh and blood? You know, and I think it all comes back down to the admonition that when he created Adam, he said he gave man dominion of the earth. Yeah. And that to this day, the, the earth is given to the children of men. In our interview with Timothy Alberino, we yeah. talked about that very it's thing. about the inheritance. <laughs> it is. He didn't relinquish control when he sinned in the garden, Adam. Yeah. But... Um, He's still mankind, sinful or not, still has dominion. This is our planet. God gave it to us. So it all ties into Christ being able to make a legal claim to being king of the earth when he returns. Okay. So let's go to John chapter 3. This is the famous encounter that Jesus had with Nicodemus, the, uh, the Jewish rabbi and scholar, I should say, that encountered Jesus. Verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And it's funny to me, I always pondered that he didn't ask him a question. He made a statement. But Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, that's a fundamental statement of the faith. I think most Christianity agrees that this is a part of our faith. Uh, But it just always struck me as odd that why did he say that? He didn't ask him, what must a man be to go into the kingdom of God? Nicodemus didn't ask him that question. He just replied that way. So he obviously knew what was on his heart, what was on his mind. And Nicodemus saith unto him in verse 4, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? So clearly he doesn't understand the concept of born again. But I think, in a way, Nicodemus has been unfairly characterized as being too ignorant to understand what Christ was talking about. He clearly was ignorant of the spiritual aspect of what he was saying. But I think he was on to something about entering into the womb a second time. He's getting the first birth. He's seeing a connection to a man being born. All right? So look at the response. Jesus answered, verse 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And here you would have the traditional church arguing born of water is probably water baptism. Well, he was talking about being physically born here. Verse four, 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And so wouldn't born of the flesh relate to being born of water and born of the spirit be relating to being born of the spirit to enter the kingdom of God? Sure. Yeah. So I'm going to argue in this episode that He says in verse 7, Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. And he goes on to talk about the wind blowing where it will in verse 7, or verse Mm 8, rather. And and did he just pull that out of the air? The wind blows where it listeth, and thou canst not tell. uh, You hear the sound, but you can't tell where it comes and where it's going. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Well, he wasn't just saying, yeah, everyone born of the Spirit is like a wind, is like a ghosty apparition. He pulled that out of the book of Ezekiel. That chapter 37, where it literally talks about bones coming together in the valley of dry bones. Hmm. And we know that because Nicodemus says in verse 9, how can these things be? And verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto him, art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? Now, if this was a brand new concept that he couldn't have had any knowledge of, it would be unfair for Christ to say, how do you not know this? If you're a master of Israel, meaning he would know the scriptures, how do you not know this? So 
Born again is likened unto resurrection. It's born again from the dead, right? So the new birth is for Israel, Ezekiel 37. The bones come together, the sinews cover them, and God puts a spirit in them and they stand upon their feet. But back to the water here. Is he referring to water baptism? I would argue not because think of it, there's at least three individuals and really more than that that I know are going to be in the kingdom of God that nobody is going to be able to prove that they were ever baptized in water. Okay, because there's no record in the Bible? Or? There's Because there's no record in the Bible, so you can't prove that it was. And in one instance, we can prove that he absolutely did not get baptized in water. Hmm. And yet we see a promise made to him that he'll be in the kingdom. Okay. So look with me in Luke chapter 23. And the reference here is going to be very familiar to some people that know their Bibles and to others who maybe don't know it. When Jesus Christ was crucified, there were two other malefactors Mm -hmm. on either side of him, uh, crucified with him. I I truly do believe that they were probably on one tree, crucified around the tree. But we did an episode on that called The Cross is a Tree. But in Luke chapter 23, verse 39, we read... um, Uh, And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him to the man that cast uh, in in Jesus, uh, uh, that was crucified next to Jesus, saying, if thou be Christ, save thyself and us, the two other guys. But the other malefactor, the other answering rebuked him, saying, dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly. For we receive the due rewards of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. So this guy, this other malefactor, recognizes Jesus is not, he's not guilty of anything. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, he calls him Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Now, if he just meant when, when Jesus died that day, he went to the lower parts of the earth. Abraham's bosom. Yeah. So we've talked about that before. And so that was the paradise. (laughs) But if he meant only for a couple of days and then you're going to hell (laughs) because you weren't baptized (laughs) in water, that would be an awful thing to say. So there's every reason to believe that this man will be in the kingdom of God. And I know he didn't get baptized because he was on a cross Hmm. when he made his confession. Uh, Then go to Matthew chapter 8. And here's another few individuals that I know that are going to be in the kingdom that you could never prove were baptized in water. Matthew chapter 8, verse 11. Jesus saying, And I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and west, and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Well, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob never got baptized. Baptism wasn't even a thing that that John started many, many centuries after them. You know, now water baptism was actually a Jewish ordinance, and it was a, a a ritual ceremonial cleansing for the priests. You know, back when Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Nope, after no. them, it would have been okay. under the law of Moses, oh, yeah. given to okay. Moses. Yeah. So it was. What I'm saying is that predates them even. So whether okay. you want to try to apply you. it as yeah. a as the Jewish ordinance or apply it as John's baptism, it wouldn't work for these three. Okay. These three: Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob predate both. So they weren't baptized, and yet they're going to be in the kingdom of heaven here. And the many Gentiles that get saved from the east and west Mm -hmm. are going to sit down with them. So I know that those three are going to be in the kingdom of God. So hence, we're we're trying to argue that if a man must be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Water can't be baptism, because here are four individuals already that weren't baptized. And one more in Ezekiel 37... Uh, Ezekiel 37, we were just talking about this for the dry bones and the valley of bones. And if we go to verse 22, skipping past the scenario of the bones, once they come alive and God puts a spirit in them, the wind bloweth where it listeth, you know. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that, uh, it ties into what Jesus said to Nicodemus is because he said the wind blows where it listeth and you hear the sound, but you can't tell where it comes. In Ezekiel, he says, prophesy to the wind. Interesting. And it comes into the bodies. 
and it's the breath of God. So, But in verse 22, skipping forward, it says, and I will make them one nation. So these bones, when they come up in resurrection, is Israel. Okay. Restored. Uh, I, um, I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king to them all. That'll be Jesus Christ. And they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms anymore at all. Neither shall they defile themselves anymore with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I will save them out of all their dwelling places wherein they have sinned and will cleanse them. So shall they be my people, and I will be their God. So there's the promise of restoration and resurrection for Israel. Mm -hmm. But look at the next verse. Verse 24. And David, my servant, shall be king over them, and they shall all have one shepherd and they shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. Well, Christ is the good shepherd, and he's going to be the king, but David is also going to be a king over them. And David will come up in resurrection. He's part of it. So here's all Israel, but in particular, David the king in the kingdom. David never got baptized. He was certainly anointed with oil when he was uh, anointed as king, but there's no none of these were baptized, and yet they're going to be in the kingdom. Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is fast approaching the end game, and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack, and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true, so you can help us use the satanic global elite's own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. So this is speaking after David's death, obviously, right? Right. So he's going to be resurrected, like you just said. Absolutely. Brought back. So that along with the rest of Israel. Hmm? Wow. Yep. So yeah, and he's actually going to be a king. He's and Jesus Christ, of course, is, is of the seed of David. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so bringing this all back to John chapter three, then if we rule out water baptism as a requirement for entering the kingdom of God, because it's not, as you can see that clearly, and even Paul said, "There's one baptism." You know, we're baptized yeah. by one spirit into one body, and he never preached water. In yeah. uh, yeah. his, he said, "Christ sent me not to baptize," so he preached the one baptism of the spirit. Right, So if we rule out water baptism in, in his uh, discussion, Jesus talking to Nic- Nicodemus, what is the water there? Well, the, the, the clue is still there. Verse 5, John 3, Verily, verily, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So water must be something related to the flesh. Verse 6, that which yeah. is born of the flesh is flesh. Now, every person that was ever born was born in water. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Even today, it's amniotic fluid, but mm-hmm. even to this day, people say her water broke yeah. right before a woman is about to give birth. So water is what we're comprised of mostly. I think, what, 70% or 75% yeah, of our body right. is water, yeah. all right? Half of your blood is, for sure. I, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like that. It's, it's a, I think if they took out all the water, you're just a pile of minerals, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like a powder, <laughs> you know, or something like that. So then... And back in 1 John 5, when we read the the beginning passage, it said, this is he that came by water. So I think there's something to do with two things giving witness that Jesus Christ is a human being, fully God, fully man. And that is water and blood. It's the testimony on the earth that bears record that he is a human being. He was born of a virgin. And when Mary gave birth to Jesus Christ, he came from water. 
Yeah. He came by water. So we're going to delve into that and see if that is the truth. So Jesus Christ was certainly born of the Spirit as the man, Jesus, because he died, was buried, and raised again from the dead. Hence, born of the Spirit is born again from the dead. Go to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. And sometimes this passage is uh, is misconstrued because of another verse I'll read in a second. Um, and actually, let's read in verse 15. In reference to Jesus, it says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. And I've had... Uh, heretical teachings, I've heard them say that Jesus Christ was a created being rather than be the creator on the basis of that verse, the firstborn of every creature. But that's not what he's talking about because if you read further, verse 18, he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. He's not a created being. He's the firstborn from the dead. He's the first human being that was ever born again from the dead and hence born of the Spirit as a pattern to all those that should follow after. So he is the creator of all things, but he was born of the Spirit when he rose again, and the water, I contend, is referring to his human birth. Now, why is that important? Well, if something wasn't born of water, then it's not really human, is it? Yeah. Adam and Eve excluded <laughs> since they were created beings, yeah. but they were called sons of God. So uh, everybody else since them has been born ostensibly of water. But could a being exist that's not born of water? Obviously fallen angels yeah. were, were created beings. The angels themselves are created, but they're already in the kingdom of God. The, the, the true angels, the faithful angels, and they'll be a part of that forever. But the fallen angels are certainly not going to enter in. What else would we say is not truly human? How about a hybrid being? Yeah. How about genetically manipulated things? It makes us wonder where, you know, a lot of times people ask the question in Genesis 6 when the sons of God took the daughters of men for wife and they have children and they gave birth to giants. How could a normal-sized earth woman give birth to a giant? Well, we're presuming that the giant, that the infant was a giant baby too. Yeah, it might not have been a giant they just baby. Grow really yeah. fast. Yeah, I mean, there's some kids that can get pretty big yeah. when they're born, and uh, God designed the the body to accommodate that in birth. You know, mm-hmm. uh, not that there haven't been people that have died in childbirth, but um, it, it's possible that either a they're just young babies and they grow into giants when they're older. Yeah, you know, they're small babies, or b maybe they were removed by oh, the yeah. sons of God before they reached the point of term or whatever, as in alien abductions. And they completed their gestation in the lab on the saucer okay. <laughs> or yeah. something, yeah. you know? So we, you could argue that then maybe they weren't born of water. But even if that wasn't the case back then, it's certainly going to be the case in the but future. But the water refer to their human part of their anatomy? Because they're not fully... They're, they're basically half and half, half angelic, half human, yeah. right? It could. But see, Jesus is fully God and fully human. Yeah. But what we're trying to say is, but did, is he truly human? He's not a hybrid, see? Yeah. He's not a hybrid. He's a fully, he's the God man. He's fully man. So to me, the evidence of his humanity and not being a hybrid is in the blood and the water. Mm-hmm. Because he was certainly born of water if he was born through the human experience as any person was, and therefore he came by water. And then what about the blood? Well, obviously when he died, his blood was shed, but there's an interesting thing that happened when he died. If you go to John chapter 19, because this is not normal for necessarily anybody else. I'm not saying nobody ever died that experienced a similar thing as this, but this was literally recorded in the scriptures after Christ died on the cross. So John 19, verse 34. So he's already died. He gave up the ghost on the cross yeah. after he's been nailed. And then one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. Yeah, I've read that so many times, and I still don't understand it. I, I think I'm beginning to now. Okay. Because first of all, who bleeds water? Exactly. You know, I get the blood. You know, you pierce him, and out comes blood and water. I, I've actually, after I've read that, I've gone and done individual research on my own and go, 
what happens to blood after you die? Does it yeah, separate? Right. You know, is that one possibility here that maybe blood coagulated blood came out yeah. and some of the other kind of fluid came out, but I still don't get it. Like I said, so yeah. anyways, carry on. Well, <laughs> you're onto something there because I've, I've done studies too, where, where I've read like a medical person, a mm -hmm. doctor or somebody with a medical background explaining what took place when Jesus died at Calvary and, and all that he went through, the agony that he went through in the crucifixion. But then at the end, the idea was that the, the, the sac that surrounds the heart is called the pericardium, I think. Okay. And at some point through the, the process of crucifixion, the blood platelets separated from the serum or whatever, yeah. and the pericardium filled up and swelled so that when the soldier pierced him uh, in his side, that red came out and and the, the serum came out. But yeah. that's not what the Bible says. And, and it's very possible that that is exactly what physiologically took place. I'm not arguing that mm -hmm. it didn't. Yeah. But it said that out came blood and water, and verse three, 35 says, and he, saw, he that saw it bear record. And this record is true. And he knoweth that he saith true that you might believe. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And again, another scripture saith they shall look on him whom they pierced. So, Yes, it was definitely to fulfill scripture mm -hmm. and prophecy, but John had to give a record that he saw it. He was there and he wrote this down. He saw it, that out came both blood and water as if to say one final proof that he was man. Yeah. He was a fully man, even though the soldier, mm -hmm. the, uh, the soldier said, surely this was the son of God, you know, in another place. Now, how does this connect back to this whole idea of hybrids and Nephilim and, and, and the truth? Because John, 1 John, if we go back to 1 John, we start in chapter 1 to get the context. Or let's just do chapter 2. The, chapter 1 is basically a, a, a greeting and a salutation. And in 1 John chapter 2, in verse 18, we read these words. Little children, it is the last time. And as you've heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. So John is writing to future saints. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, of course he wrote it back 2,000 years ago, but he, it is the last time, the time of the end, right before the Lord returns. So he's writing to that specific group of people. And he says in verse 19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Who went out? Well, the many antichrists of verse 18. Not mm -hmm. the antichrist, but many that are classified as antichrist. Yeah. So what is it to be antichrist? What is that description? Okay. Uh, and he even says in verse um 22, who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. So antichrist is defined as somebody that denies that Jesus is the Christ. Yes. So that could take many forms, denying that he was physically a human being, as a Gnostic teaching would say. Yeah. <laughs> or denying that Jesus himself was, in fact, the Christ. Okay? Now go to chapter 3. And look in verse 9. John, 1 John 3, 9, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Well, born again, born of the Spirit, born of God, they, yeah. they all coalesce together. I'm interested in that term, for his seed remaineth in him. What does that mean? God's seed? You know, it his means seed. you're not procreating at all, right? Yeah, I don't think it's referring to that. I think no. it has something to do with he's genetically still human. The DNA, seed, is an interesting word in the Bible if you study it out. Hmm. Uh, it's uh, zera in Hebrew, and it's sperma in Greek. Yeah. And it always refers to children, child. I mean, it can, well, no, it, it can refer to like the plant, the grain that you plant, you know, yeah. like a yeah. seed. But it, it's usually in reference to humanity. And the the the, uh, the ancestors and things like that, or, or the literal seed of a man to cause an egg to be fertilized. Yeah. So it it has to do with humanity. It has to do with our human condition. Now watch verse ten. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. So the devil has children. 
God's seed is a human seed. He created us, human beings. Yeah. But the devil's going to have some children that, not just spiritually, not just metaphorically, but might be genetically altered. And like we were talking about, um, when we get to, uh, uh, in a few weeks, our listeners are going to get to enjoy the uh, interview we did with Sylvia McKelvey. Mm-hmm. And we talked a lot about genetic manipulation and things like that. So notice he says, whosoever, who, verse 9, whosoever is born of God doth not commits, commit sin. And he's not talking about never commits any sin. He's talking about the specific sin that these antichrists committed when they went out from us, but they are not of us. Hmm. John talks about there's a sin not unto death, but there's a sin unto death. And that has to do with taking the mark of the beast. Yeah. So there's no turning back hmm. from that. Look over it in John chapter, First uh, John chapter four, and notice he says in verse one, "Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God." That's that's a whole episode we can do in itself yeah. about trying spirits and believing spirits, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Now watch this. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you've heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Spirit of Antichrist. So what is the... Real quick, so I can clarify that. What yeah. is the significance around that those spirits will not confess that he, that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh? Yeah. So Paul referred to giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils in uh-huh. First or Second Timothy. And uh, there's going to be spirit entities on the earth during this time telling the world, Here's Christ. Here's the Messiah. He's the one, mm-hmm. and it's the beast. Yeah, it's Antichrist. Incidentally, it's interesting that he's called the beast, as in he's not fully human. Yeah, yeah. We're going to see something about beasts about in a minute. That, yeah. yeah, you know. And therefore, if they're denying that Jesus has come in the flesh, then because and they would be by saying this is your Jesus. This is the actual. Messiah. This is the actual yeah, Messiah. Yeah. Then they're Antichrist. Yeah. So. These spirits, seducing spirits and doctrines of devils are going to be teaching a falsehood about Messiah, hmm. you see, and denying that he can, because the entity that's going to claim to be Messiah is not going to be born of water hmm. and maybe doesn't have blood in the way that Jesus Christ had wow. a fully human being. That's where I'm getting with this. So that brings us back to chapter five, first John chapter five. And we'll start in verse one and maybe finally get to the full context here. So whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And what do they believe about him? That he's the son of God, mm-hmm. that he is born of flesh and blood, you know. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. And that word begotten is important too, John, because Jesus Christ in John 3.16, he says, God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. Yeah. Modern versions don't say begotten. They say his one and only son or whatever, something like that. They rephrase it. But he's not his only son because all of us are sons of God by adoption, right? The angels are sons of God, Mm -hmm. right? But um, the only begotten means he was physically born, Mm -hmm. begotten, born of a woman, begotten of, sired of God, but just as a son is begotten, you begat your children, you know? So he's the only begotten son of God. Uh, verse two, by this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. So, uh, and then he goes on to talk about this as he in verse six that came by water and blood begotten. So that's the whole point of this. And if we continue, he says in verse nine, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. And he's talking about the three that bear record in the earth and in heaven. The three that bear record in heaven are the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, yeah. and they're one, the Trinity. The three that bear record and witness in the earth is the Spirit and the water and the blood. Hmm. And they agree one. He was fully God and fully man. Flesh and blood, water, born of water as he was born of, of, of Mary, and then of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. So who would not be born of water? Well, we just read 
These are the, they went out from us, but they are not of us. Go to the book of Jude. And we've read this before, but we're going to look at it from a little bit different perspective if we think about human beings being born of water. Christ, fully human, fully God. So he can lay claim to the title, King of the Earth. But the book of Jude, chapter 1, Jude is warning about some individuals that are going to come in the last days. And uh, in fact, he starts in verse 4, just for the context. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Before of old ordained. It's been a long time coming. Ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So clearly these are the bad guys. Mm -hmm. Certain men crept in unawares, crept in, implying they crept into the assembly. There's going to be an assembly of believers in the tribulation time. All right. Now come down to verse 12. These certain men are spots in your feasts of charity when they feast with you. John said they were not of us. They they went out from us, but they were not of us. All right, what were they doing? They were tares among the wheat. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a moment. Okay. Uh, imposters among, is it just believers or is it imposters among humanity? Hmm. All right? Okay. All right, so these are spots in your feasts of charities when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Now watch this. Clouds they are without water, hmm. carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, as in no seed. Twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now, I've approached that section about the wandering stars before because fallen angels, stars, wandering stars. So these seem to have some connection to the fallen angels. But back up to clouds they are without water. I used to read that just like you were saying about you never understood why blood and water came out of Jesus. Yeah. How can you have clouds without water? I went to NASA's website, which was kind of designed for like a fourth grade reading level. And they've got a section that says, what are clouds? And here's NASA's definition, or NOAA, no, NASA, yeah. A cloud is made of water drops (laughs) or ice crystals floating in the sky. There are many kinds of clouds. Clouds are an important part of Earth's weather. I've always, I am not a meteorologist, but I've always understood (laughs) that clouds are water. Yeah. And it frustrates me here in Seguin when we see clouds all the time and it never rains. Yeah. <laughs> we finally got some rain recently. Thank you for anybody that was praying for that. Uh, and thank you, God. But um, clouds are contained of water. Mm-hmm. So how can they be clouds without water? That makes no sense. It makes no sense. <laughs> Unless it's cryptically trying to refer to these things are not human beings. Yeah. You know, they don't have any water in them. Yeah. Because they're not really fully human. They're, they're hybrid of some form. Go back to Matthew chapter 13, since I mentioned tares, and we're going to wrap this up. So we're trying to get people to think about this. And incidentally, Second Peter gives the same description of Jude, and he makes the same references about being without water. You know, hmm. I should probably okay. read that real quick. I, I didn't mark it down the passage, but I'm going to find it real quick so it's not just me saying it. I know we were going to close here, but it's Second Peter chapter two, um, and in verse one he talks about false teachers, and he's talking about the exact same people. And incidentally, both Second Peter chapter two and Jude refer to the flood of Noah and the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah in the same chapter where they talk about these certain men. And both of those scenarios are characterized by human interaction with angels. Okay. Flood of Noah, Genesis 6, and Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Okay. So in 2 Peter chapter 2, in describing these false teachers, he says in verse... um, uh, that they are these as natural brute beasts in verse 12, beasts, uh, being made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of things that they understand not. And you come down to verse 13, uh, spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. Another description of them being among the people. And then he says, um, verse 17, these are wells without water, Clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. Wow. Wells without water, clouds without water, containers without water. Yeah. You know, you got to wonder. So it made me think about this, and we're going to go to Matthew 13 to close. And this is the parable of the tares among the wheat. Okay. 
Okay. Jesus didn't start speaking in parables until Matthew 13. He spoke plainly up to that time. In Matthew 12, they accused him of blasphemy. Or, or rather, they accused him of casting out devils by Beelzebub. And that's when mm-hmm. he told them about blasphemy. And from that point forward, he spoke in parables. Now, we're going to skip down to the parable of the tares in verse 24. Matthew 13, 24, And another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And take note of the word good seed. And we were talking about his seed remaineth in him. Mm-hmm. Back in First John. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He saith unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? Gather up the tares. Mm-hmm. But he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather you together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to save for next week the mystery of the tares and the wheat. But I wanted to read this to get you thinking about this and praying about this if you listen. And, and uh, I want you to consider, he gives the explanation of it. We're going to go over that, mm-hmm. Lord willing, next episode. Okay. But we're going to see that the, reaper, the, the harvest is the end of the world, the reapers are the angels. Yeah. And tares look exactly like wheat until they mature. They're, okay. they're some form of a weed. They're a noxious thing, and they would choke out the nutrients that the mm-hmm. wheat needs to grow. But um, is that just talking about grain and harvest and weeds, or is it talking about something else? And I would argue that what we're going to find out that the seed are the children of the kingdom and the tares are the children of the wicked one. Ooh, okay. And I think it has more to do with Satan planting imposters on this planet. They're going to help be part of the deception to lead people to worship the false wow. messiah. So, Lord, we'll talk about that Man, next that time. that all came full circle from yeah. starting with water. <laughs> it sure did. Well, thank you guys for listening today. As always, John, thank you for yeah, being absolutely. a part a of this. One. Yeah, and uh, be looking forward to uh, our interview coming up soon with Sylvia McKelvey. And also, don't forget, if you are one of the contest winners, please do reach out to us, unlockthebiblenow at gmail.com. Thank you for our subscribers. We're going to be listing more names again as we go. Uh, For those of you that have already subscribed to thank you for that. We just ran out of time today. But until next time, John, have a good week. Thank you. Me too. Take care. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at utbnow.com. We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support.